Hello and welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul, Justin Baker, co-host via Skype. Justin, how's it going tonight? Good, good. How's your evening been? Oh, just dandy. Uh, Just about to run through for you on today's show uh, the playoff races in every division. Um, We will talk about the wild card, but I think at this stage in the game, it's worth just talking about each race as a divisional race uh, because most of the divisions, especially towards the bottom, uh, are pretty close. There's some pretty good races there, as it is anyways, for the three spot. And so I I think every single division, other than the Pacific division, uh, has a team within two points of third place below below third place, whether it's fourth or fifth, even uh, there's there's some good races going on. So let's uh, let's kick this off. And uh, and first off, just talk about how the Leafs had what, 55 shots on goal against the Rangers and lost four to one. (laughs) <laughs> it was one of the stupidest games because in the first period they had two power plays. I, I don't know if you if you caught any of this. This is just just one stat that something that doesn't happen often. Two power plays early in the game, and they had fourteen shots on the power play between those two power plays. Wow, did not know that one. And then and I think they had another four on the next one, and and four or five on the next one. So yeah, they had. I mean, more than half their shots were on the power play, uh, but they this uh, Georgie, Georgiev, I think was his name, is his name on the mm-hmm. Rangers. Yeah, the he, birthday boy. Yes, yes, it was the. He's only like the third, the third player in history to have over fifty saves on his birthday. That's pretty impressive. So there's your there's your random stat there. But I mean, fifty five shots and you lose four to one. That's very very unusual. You're just watching the game, and in the first period, I was like. They're not going to score. Like they're going to, you know, they scored the one captain had it. And after that, it was just, they're not going to score. I have a weird feeling about this game that they're just going to be all over them and the <laughs> Rangers are going to find their way. And sure enough, I mean, even Adam freaking McQuaid scored for the Rangers. Yeah, that so, never happens. So, anyways, uh, let's dive right into uh, speaking of the Leafs. Good transition into the Atlantic Division, where, of course, the Tampa Bay Lightning are far and ahead uh, i don't think anyone can catch them especially at this point with about 20 we're, we're at about 25 to 28 games left in the season for most teams actually i think every team is between 20 24 25 and uh and 28 yeah so uh it's you know tampa bay that nobody's going to catch them uh, they're also not going to go on some crazy losing streak to where they could could be caught, I don't think. So really we're talking the Leafs, maybe the most div- interesting division in terms of the 2-3-4. You've got the Leafs with 71, the Bruins 70, and the Habs with 69 points, who 7-1-2 and two in their last 10. And they have come from out of nowhere, blowing ahead of Buffalo, who now Buffalo uh, with 61 points is in the five. They're... I'd say that they're pretty close to being completely out of it. Uh, they, of course, still have a chance, but uh, it's just not looking like they're going to be able to put that together. But I think this is where we expected Buffalo. So let's start at the bottom, the Buffalo Sabres. And uh, is there? do you feel like there's a chance that they could come back in this? I mean, I think there's a chance they could come back for the wild card, but in terms of the three spot in the division, I, they're they're too far out of it at this point. I think... Montreal is playing some good hockey right now, and I think Buffalo, to be quite honest, is right where we we figured they would be. Right, I mean, they shocked everybody when they were you know in the top three, 
you know, positions there in the Atlantic for a while. And they were, they had caught fire, right? And they were just, they seemed like they could never lose for some reason. I don't know how long that stretch was where they were just, they were on fire. But then, you know, of course, they, they came right back down to earth. And I think, uh, you know, Jeff Skinner stopped scoring every single game. And uh, they're, they're right where we, we thought they were. And I mean, to be quite honest, I think this is good for this team, you know. Um, this will be good for their growth or development because they've got, you know, quite a few more years of, uh, of some, some goodness in them. And I think, I think right now, I think the five spot is going to be perfect for them. Yeah. And, and I, I do, of course, there's a chance that they, that they go and they get the wild card Pittsburgh right now, two points ahead of them, uh, with, with no games in hand or anything. Carolina is the only team in between them with 62 points. It just doesn't seem likely to me that Buffalo surpasses Pittsburgh. Like, in my mind, Pittsburgh's going to figure this thing out. You know, they've, they're they're on a three six and one run right now. They're not playing that great, but I, I it's just it's Pittsburgh. It's tough to bet against them at this point. No, absolutely. And I, you know, when it comes down to it, I mean, the, those guys know how to win, right? They've been there before. They know what they're doing, and they're they're going to find a way to win. I think the only thing that might hinder Pittsburgh at all is going to be. The goaltending, really. I mean, I don't, I don't really know what's going on. Who's going to be the starter the next minute here? So uh, we'll see what goes on with that situation. Yes, and and we will uh, we will get to everything Pittsburgh as as we move to the Metro next. But let's uh, let's talk. Okay, so I mean, right now between second and fourth, two points separate these teams. The Leafs have one game in hand on Boston and Montreal. Uh, it, Saturday they they were able to beat Toronto, beat Montreal four three. And uh, that was, you know, as, as close as, as that game could have gotten. Montreal led late, uh, and it goes to overtime. So those two teams look really good. Boston looks good. And, and none of these teams are look like they're slowing down at this point. They're all starting to ramp up a little bit. And so to me, is it more a question who does what at the deadline that kind of tips the scales a little bit? Because, I mean, I, I don't think it's unfair to say – that any of these teams in 10 games from now, that this order could be completely flipped on its head. Yeah, no, and I, I agree with you. I think I think Boston is going to definitely be the more aggressive team at the deadline here, and I think, uh, you know, it, it's not going to shock me if they go out and try to acquire a top six winger or forward here so that they can kind of separate themselves from Montreal. And, and if I'm Montreal too, I mean, let's let's face it, nobody expected them to, to even be in the race or, you know, uh, securing a possible number three spot in this division. I mean, granted, I mean a Toronto Montreal first round matchup would be just fantastic. That would be a beauty, for wouldn't it? The last time they played each other in the playoffs, nineteen sixty seven. Yeah, the last it, time the Leafs it, won the cup. Insane. So, uh, I mean, honestly, if, if you're Montreal, don't sacrifice the future to try to you know push because to be quite honest, I think this team is good enough, um, especially at the back end. Carey Price continues to play well here. I think with Shea Weber healthy, um, they'll be good enough to get in. Maybe, maybe push for you know a, a first round uh, victory. That's a stretch in my opinion, but nonetheless, I think it would be great for them to get in, especially for a lot of their younger players like Koki Niemi, you know, Druin. These guys get in there, get some playoff experience, and then you know ramp up for next year and see where we go. Yeah, I think when it comes to Montreal, you you look and you go, okay, they've got Carey Price, and if Carey Price is playing the way he's playing right now, uh, I think that you've got to think that they always have a chance to win a round. Uh, right. But I think that it's, you're right, it's quite it's unlikely over a seven-game series that they can match either Boston or Toronto. And it's almost a certainty that they would 
you know, if, if, of course, if they got it, if they get into that three spot, that's who they'd play likely. But uh, if they make that wild card spot and they end up having to play either Tampa Bay or you know, there there maybe is a chance if they play the, let's say the New York Islanders, uh, then maybe it's a little bit more even of a series because the Islanders are are really doing this defensively. And, you know, maybe in a defensive battle, Montreal with good goaltending and the back end that they have, you're right. They might be able to surprise people in an, in an opening round. Um, as far as the Boston Bruins and the Leafs go, where do you, who do you think is going to ultimately end up with that home ice advantage? Do you think that the, that the Bruins and the Leafs will be playing each other again in the playoffs? Or will, uh, will Montreal ultimately find their way in and kind of mix that matchup up? Because, I mean, even, hey... You know, let's say the Leafs fall out and they they end up in a wild card spot. Uh, even a Boston Montreal matchup be pretty, very classic as well. Those two teams have gone to battle many times. Yeah, anytime you get an original six, it's great. But to me, I, I agree with you. I think it's Toronto Boston here in the two three spot, and I I do think when push comes to shove here, Toronto's going to secure home ice mainly because. Uh, you know, this is a scoring league, and I think Toronto's got the upper hand when it comes to scoring. Their forwards are a lot more potent on the offensive side of the puck. And, you know, I, I think right now, goaltending-wise, Frederick Anderson, he's he's great. I, I hope that, you know, I, I like what I've seen out of Jake Muzzin so far, and I think uh, things will only solidify themselves back there a little bit better for Toronto, and I think that'll secure them the number two spot here. All right. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think the Leafs will... You know, I, I, they they were so far ahead of everyone else, and then they they had a really rough. Basically, William Nealer, Nylander came back and it threw a wrench in everything for right. whatever reason. It defies logic, but uh, they struggled as a unit, and uh, I think they're starting to find their stride again. I mean, even with you know when you lose, you get fifty five shots on goal, you expect to win, and, and they didn't. But uh, you know, if if they hadn't, you'd be looking at a seven and two, seven two and one record over the last ten. I mean, they they have played very well, dominated most of the teams that they've played, uh, or when they haven't, they've managed to find a way to to score late goals and push games to overtime and, and do what they need to do to pick up more points. I think that that will continue, and I think that they're they're only going to continue to uh, to kind of grow and rise as a team. And I could see them maybe acquiring someone. You know who has a, a a very minimal salary uh, for the rest of the year. I, I I don't see them going out and acquiring somebody big, but potentially a you know a fourth line guy. Although I mean Brian Boyle just went for a second round pick, and I don't think the Leafs are going to want to give up a second round pick for anybody of that caliber because it's not worth it in my mind. No, but I I have been hearing uh, Luke Glendening's name float around a little bit, and I know Babcock's got a thing for him, so that one wouldn't shock me. And I think you could probably get him at a at a very reasonable price, maybe a conditional fourth a four, round yeah. pick. Yeah, which I mean, yeah, something like that would be totally fine. You know, that's a that's a good depth move. I I, I do think that Lindholm is just starting to kind of figure out this league a little bit more. Uh, he's never going to score you any goals, uh, but he at least that fourth line for Toronto has been playing much better, and they just got Tyler Ennis activated off IR, which. You know, if you remember earlier in the season before he broke his ankle, Tyler Ennis was rolling. He was playing really well, and uh, a guy that you can move up and down the lineup, and he'll play just fine. And so maybe their uh, their you know their trade deadline acquisition is really just getting him back, providing some depth at that forward group, 
and away you go. Not to mention the fact that they have Trevor Moore in, in the AHL and some other guys who have who have uh, played you know some platoon time with this team. And so I, I don't necessarily think they need a new fourth line something. So my guess is now that I'm thinking more about it, maybe unless they can get somebody who could slot into the top nine, uh, I don't know if they it would be worth the, the ask. But Okay, uh, anything left to say on the Atlantic Division aside from Tampa Bay is just unbelievable. <laughs> no, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how much Ottawa wants to give Colorado the number one pick. So that's it. They're doing a pretty good jo- good job at it. But you know, <laughs> I am very happy for you because the Red Wings have now lost three in a row, yes. and they are moving. They are inching ever closer to the last spot in the league, which two points out from uh, from Ottawa right now. And the Wings get to play Nashville uh, tomorrow night. Which you know, it's it's Monday night right now, so. Uh, probably another loss in the column there for Detroit. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, lose for Hughes is what I say. Uh, let's move to the Metro. Islanders lead the division. Shocking Islanders, 72 points, five points up on the Caps. Uh, the Caps was 67 points. Then you've got Columbus at 65, Pittsburgh 63, Carolina 52, and we'll just say the Philadelphia Flyers, who are, oh, they're just 9-0-1 in their last 10. Uh, they are now... Only six points away from the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, who are three, six, and one in their last ten. So it's uh, actually gearing up for a little race here. I would say that there are, I mean, there's there's at least four teams, you know, vying for these spots. Five teams, I guess, vying for these spots. I think that the Islanders, the way they're going, I mean, the, I don't know if anyone's going to catch them the way they're playing. They're just playing so methodically. Um, I, I don't see them really dipping much. They they might not finish first, but I don't see them finishing outside the top three in this division. No, I, I would agree. I think Barry Trotz has got them moving like a well-oiled machine right now. And you look at the rest of the teams in this division, and the goals against is staggering. The next closest team is 30 more goals against at, with the Carolina Hurricanes than, than the Islanders. And it's crazy to think to talk like that. Especially that it's Carolina over anybody else, but um, yeah, they've just—they're not giving up much, and uh, yeah, so maybe maybe get a little bit more scoring going, and this team could easily—I mean—could easily finish at the top. But the top three is more than likely for this team right now. Yeah, anyone we ever talked about for the Islanders being dealt like an Aberle, and uh, they're going nowhere. Uh, the Islanders are going to hold on to this group. I think they're going to—they're going to see what happens here because. I think with this new coaching group, they're going, okay, everything's changed. Everything's yeah. changed. So uh, fascinating to see. The Washington Capitals, uh, they you know, they were they were tops in this division until the Islanders overtook them. They're three, five, and two in their last ten. Uh, kind of kind of struggling right now. But you've got to expect this team kind of wakes up. I, I think this is just kind of a you know, all right, we're we're in first. Let's not give everything we've got right now. We know how to win. Uh, you know, we can we can kind of turn it on. I, I do think that there's some veteran wisdom at times during the year where it just is wise to. Uh, you're you're still trying to win games, but you if you lose some, it's okay. You know, you don't need to set records to to win the Stanley Cup. So, to me, you know this this team just kind of humming along. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I think uh, this is a team to me who could definitely go out and make a top nine forward acquisition at the deadline. I think they they would love to get their hands on you know maybe uh, 
a Zuccarello or even a Kevin Hayes from the Rangers, perhaps. But, um, you know, Andre Barakovsky, we'll see how long he stays in Washington if he, he continues his career there. Um, you know, I I like this team, and I, I, I think they'll, they'll put it all together come playoff times. I know they've had their ups and downs this season, and it seems like, um, you know, to me, the, the funny story to me is uh, Tom Wilson right now, I think, you know, when he when he got back from his suspension and, and played on that top line with Ovi, it seemed like he was scoring a goal every single night. He was just on fire. And, I mean, lately you look at his last, what, uh, one, two, three, four, five, his last 11 games and he's only got, you know, three points. So, you know, maybe he, he works it out. Maybe he figures it out and starts scoring a little bit more and this team gets right back in it. But for now, I think uh, this team is probably going to coast along right there at that one-two spot. And and finish the end of the year right there. Okay, now the Columbus Blue Jackets, they actually fell to the bottom wildcard spot at one point and have, they've uh, won three in a row, so they've managed to pull themselves back up uh, into third in this division. But my, my guess is that Columbus and Pittsburgh, I mean, maybe Carolina here, they're, they're playing much better as of the last 20 games as well, who's only a point back of Pittsburgh for the wildcard spot, only three points back from the third spot in the division who out of these teams do you see ending up here is carol does carolina have a chance to uh to actually make some noise in this division or is this just kind of that well they were so far out of it they lowered expectations and here they come you know winning games because now they're loose and then suddenly oh we're in the play we're 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 right on the door of the playoffs and then you know you you get back to holding that stick a little tighter yeah, you know, I I honestly think out of out of these teams, Carolina could make a little bit of noise. Uh, to me, it really all depends on how aggressive they want to be at the deadline, right? Because, you know, all season last year, we, we talk about their abundance of defensemen. They have, I think, eight NHL-caliber defensemen, and they could easily move one of them. Um, you know, are they willing to do that to bring in, you know, a top six forward? Will they, will they be aggressive like that towards the deadline? Because to me, goal scoring is a problem right now, and I think – if they can bring in a forward who can put up some points, maybe say a Gustav Nyquist, for example, um, you know this really could propel this team because to me Columbus is the one team out of these three two that I, I worry most about. And um, you know we talked about the two big free agent names coming up this summer, Bobrovsky and Panarin. And I, I think what was it a couple days ago, Panarin switched switched agents, came out and said that I'm not talking contract till the you know, and I want to test the free agent market, you know, this summer. So. You know, is Columbus just going to hang on to him and consider him their deadline acquisition, or are they going to not want to be uh, another John Tavares and you know get something for him at the deadline? Because I do think if he is moved at the deadline, this team could slip pretty quick. Yeah, at the same time, I think this team could they'll still make the playoffs without him. Uh, I think that you, if you trade him, you're probably getting a roster player back anyways because. You know, probably a lot of teams can't take on all the salary. Uh, maybe, but it, it, it seems to me that Columbus would look and go, we have a team now. Like, we don't want to trade him for, for something that is going to develop three years from now. We want something now. And so it's going to take the right trading par- partner to uh, to kind of bring in maybe a couple a couple pieces that could maybe still slot into their top six. And so I wonder how much they would really fall fall down especially if they were able to get some depth uh you know it, it you never know what how much of a, a difference one guy is from the other and uh of course panarin is is 
head and shoulders above most other <laughs> just nor your your run of the mill top six type of guys. But at the same time, other guys are still going to produce somewhat, uh, maybe at you know seventy percent of what Panarin might bring. But it's it may still be enough, especially if. Bobrovsky kind of figures himself out. We'll see if he signs an extension. You know, it's that's even that's kind of up in the air. Is you know, if they could figure out their goaltending situation, maybe it would take off a lot of tension in the room just from that, and then trade Panarin, and then maybe they they stabilize. And uh, I I, just, I I see this team as a playoff team, but I mean somebody's got to miss, right? So, and and <laughs> you're looking at the the Atlantic, and it doesn't look like. Looks like four teams from the Atlantic are going to go, and so you're only got four teams from the Metro that are going to go too, and so somebody's got to be the odd man out. I I just can't see Carolina holding it together long enough to really make this a uh, a legitimate run. Okay, now let me ask you, what do you think about Carter Hart and the Flyers right now? They're they're hot. Yes, currently down uh, down two nothing. You know we're. More mid game yeah. right now, right? So uh, down two nothing. So you know you're, you got to. Chances are they're going to lose to Pittsburgh. Of course, I might be wrong, but uh, they may lose to Pittsburgh. That moves Pittsburgh up, and and it's just going to shove Philadelphia down. Carolina plays Ottawa tomorrow, so there's two points in the bag for Carolina. Uh, you know, it's it's just you're moving moving up and up and up, and I, I just don't think that Philadelphia, even with this great run, I mean. They yes they they were able to beat the Anaheim Ducks six to two but everyone's been beating the Anaheim Ducks six to two. <laughs> uh, I think that once again this pressure of you guys are actually in the race, it's it's gonna maybe take a little bit of a step backwards again. I mean you're not gonna win ten in a row or not nine out of ten uh, for the rest of the year and so ultimately I think that it's just a little they. If they, if maybe they had made a coaching change earlier or had just made it in the off season, we might be seeing a, a much better team. But I, I don't think I think it's too little, too late. Uh, let's let's keep this moving and move to the Western Conference. Uh, dealer's choice, Pacific or Central? What, where do you want to start? Let's go Pacific. The Pacific Division. All right. So the Calgary Flames, seventy-three points. The San Jose Sharks have marched valiantly back are now only one point out of the division lead winning five in a row and uh, they're seven and three in their last 10 the vegas golden knights trail by a, a good margin 66 points and then the vancouver canucks nine points behind them so the vegas golden knights kind of securely in that three spot looks like that's likely where they'll finish uh it's you know it's not looking great for a vancouver who of course I mean, let's be honest. Everyone in the Western Conference is like still somehow in it. <laughs> Even the Anaheim Ducks, who have fallen, uh, you know, they they fired Randy Carlisle finally. Like by the, I swear, Bob Murray had something out for Randy Carlisle. He's just no, you're. I'm not firing you. You're gonna work. <laughs> you're gonna work and keep losing for me. And now, of course, uh, the general manager, now the coach of the team. So he's pulling a uh, pulling a Pat Quinn down there and, and being everything. Old school. Yeah. So, I mean, Anaheim's so far down there. But uh, you've, you got to think Vancouver only two points out of a, out of a wild card spot. So they, they do have a chance. St. Louis coming on strong right now, winning six in a row, 7-2-1 in their last 10. So 
it's going to be tough to catch them. Minnesota, I think, is the team that's vulnerable. Maybe Vancouver, but I, I my money's still maybe on Colorado to to figure this thing out. But that's that's a different division. So it looks to me like this division's pretty set as, in terms of one, two, three. Do you think Calgary holds on, or do you think that San Jose is just not going to be stopped? No, I I think San Jose is not going to be stopped. I think they listened to my podcast at the beginning of the year when I predicted they would finish top in this division. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, you know what? We can't disappoint OT Hockey Talk. There you we go. Have can't to go disappoint Justin. No. So I, I do think there's something to be said for the experience. I think that San Jose has uh, guys with a little bit more veteran presence. Um, and not only that, too. I mean, San Jose has been holding on to the number two spot most of the year while Martin Jones has been playing just mediocre, right? So you get him playing a little bit better or more to where he usually has been for the rest of the season, and, and they're going to easily take this top spot, I think. Well, I shouldn't say easily. Calgary will put up a fight, but um, I, I do think when push comes to shove, I, I will give San Jose the nod here to finish number one, and Calgary will just barely slip into number two, and you know it'll be it'll be a great first round matchup with Vegas and Calgary. Yeah, give it a uh, mark it on your calendar, March thirty first. The San Jose Sharks play the Calgary Flames. So that'll be a that'll be a, a big game uh, in that division. Uh, yeah, I, I think that. The way that Calgary was playing early on, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, Calgary six two and two in their last ten. It's not like they're slipping or anything. You know, they're, they're, right. this isn't this isn't happening because they've played poorly. I just think when I look at the Calgary Flames, I still I see some weaknesses. Uh, I'm still not totally confident in their goaltending. Uh, Riddich has played fine. Mike Smith played fine. Uh, I just I, I know they can score goals. It's just down the stretch, goals become harder and harder to score. And so mm-hmm. that's that's where, to me, San Jose has so much depth that it just seems like they, they'll be able to, in the long run, overtake Calgary. Uh, I, I think you're right. Calgary-Vegas, great first-round matchup. It'll be fun. Although it would be fun to see San Jose-Vegas rematch, this time with, uh, with of course, Eric Carlson in the mix. But... Uh, any chance Vancouver? Do you think Vancouver will uh, will make the play as we shift to the Central? Of course, we can open it up. Vancouver, any shot that they make the playoffs and slide into that bottom wild card spot? You think? Boy, they're going to push. They're going to push, but I think ultimately they will end up being last year's St. Louis and probably lose the last game or two of the season and fall right out. Um, but they're going to make a good effort, and I, I just again, I just don't think uh, with that young group of forwards they have and. Uh, lack of you know firepower outside of their top line. I just I just don't think they have enough to really overtake teams that are pushing right now, like St. Louis and like you talked about, maybe Colorado, who finally gets their act together and uh, you know gets out there and you know puts up a better fight. Yeah, let's take a peek here at the Central. Uh, of course, Winnipeg leading the way, seventy three points. Then Nashville at seventy one. Uh, those two teams kind of on a plane in their own in the Central. And then you've got a grouping of three teams. You have the Dallas Stars with 61, the Blues now with 59, which is, this is where we expected the Blues to be, I think. I, I, I think we expected the Blues to actually to make the playoffs or at least come pretty darn close to it. I mean, at one point they were last place in the West or second to last place in the West. They were terrible. And now they've just been absolutely rolling. Tarasenko with a hat trick last night and or maybe it was the night before. And, no, uh, last night, yeah. yeah. So, I mean... That I mean that is very encouraging. If you're a Blues fan, you got to go. 
finally Tarasenko is rolling because early on in the season it was not looking good for him uh, in the way that he was playing and uh, it always encouraging when your top goal scorer starts scoring like himself again. Uh, and then you have in the fifth spot Minnesota who has uh, had, a, had a good start to the season and has kind of faltered 4-4-2 four, four, in their last 10. Uh, probably a team that is going to continue to fall due to the uh, the ACL tear for Miko Koivu. That hurts. Uh, one of the better defensive centers in the league. And uh, you, you just got to think with the surgence of St. Louis and maybe if Colorado can figure themselves out that they could overtake the Minnesota Wild. What's your take on... I, I, we'll, we'll start with like the bottom of this division. What's your take on what you think teams will do and, and where you think they'll finish? Yeah, I think, again, uh, teams like Chicago and Colorado... They're going to push. Um, I think Chicago. They've got enough veteran guys who have been there before. Again, who are, you know, not going to, not going to just give up and you know call it quits here for the rest of the season. They so have won seven it. in a row. Yeah, they've been they've been pretty hot. Well, Patrick Kane just is lights out right now. Um, you know, and then they just signed uh, Delia to a new three year deal, which I mean, one million dollars a season for yes, this guy. Yes, we tweeted that out. And you did earlier. Yeah. He, uh, he, he'll be quite the bargain, I think. But uh, it, Chicago really all depends on the goaltending, if it can hold up. And I think if they you know they could still up front play with fire, they'll make a push. But again, I, I think the teams at the top and right there in the middle, I think are going to be a little bit too much. Uh, Chicago dug themselves too big of a hole early on. I think they're just going to be um, – it's going to be too difficult for them, I think, to, you know, jump any – to jump four teams, basically, or three teams to get up in there. Um Colorado, on the other hand, I think they've got enough talent up front, just like Chicago, but I think their goaltending could be you know, a, a bigger difference maker down the stretch. I think Varlamov, if he can get his act together, he could really turn around, and they've got some good pieces on defense where you know maybe Chicago doesn't. Uh, we'll see how that plays out, but to me, I think either one of those two teams, or even both those teams, really, I mean, could be missing the playoffs right now. Um, Minnesota, to me, I think is the biggest wild card. Like you talked about, missing Koivu for the rest of the season uh, is going to really hurt them. And I think, you know, are they going to keep falling like this? Because uh, let's remember, at the beginning of the season, I predicted St. Louis in the number three spot and Minnesota down <laughs> towards the bottom of the division again. So uh, we'll see if everybody's been listening to us lately. So we'll see how yes. that one plays out. Yes, the league listens to you, Justin. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the Minnesota Wild. The other, the other thing though to consider is early on they did. Matt Dumba was out for uh, a good amount of time too. So, I, I mean this this team is probably going to hum along right around where they are here. You know, they're going to be in the race. Uh, I just it's it's mind boggling to think that Colorado is going could finish last in this division. That's what's right. crazy. Is it? I mean, the way that that top line plays, it is sad that they don't have. I I don't know what. Mix them up, put guys on different lines. Like, isn't it time? Isn't it time to separate those guys a little bit? I, I mean, I, I think tough. that it's it's the same thing as I mean. There's three of them, so it's a little bit. But it's like Dallas, you know. You're like, well, do I do we split up Ben and Sagan and Radulov, or do we keep them together because no one else can seem to get going unless they're all together? And it just, uh, I, I think that if they aren't able to split them up and get goal scoring, like continuing goal scoring from those guys, even though they're not playing together. Uh, see me as a, as a general manager, I'm going great. Let's get Ranton in his own line. McKinnon doesn't need him. 
Let's put let's keep McKinnon and Landis Cog together. Let's put Rantanen down. I don't I don't care who plays with him. Let's see how much better he makes guys around him, and and then let's find out what he's really worth because he's going to want a lot of money, and he's got to play with two really good players all year. And so I want to see what he does separate from those guys. You're not winning anyways. You might as well do some experiments. Uh, that's. That would be my take on them. Let, let's move a little higher in the division. This St. Louis now, St. Louis-Dallas. Uh, do you think that Dallas Dallas seems to me uh, that they're kind of the ugly stepchild of the central division <laughs> where they're they're good some nights, they're bad some nights. You're, they could be last in this division. They could be third. Uh, where do you see the, do you, like First off, do you see them making the playoffs? And then do you see them competing at all with – what would probably be Winnipeg or Nashville first round matchup? Yeah, I, I do think they are a playoff team. Um, in my opinion, I I do think they are going to end up being a wild card team. I think St. Louis is just rolling along, playing way too good right now. I think they'll they'll unseat them for that number three spot. And Dallas playing, you know, like I said, San Jose or possibly Winnipeg, Nashville. And I think when you go up against even Calgary. Any one of those four teams, I just don't think Dallas has enough firepower up front to really compete. Now, yes, Ben Bishop has been playing lights out, and so has Kudobin this season, and come playoff time, I I do think that Bishop could steal them a game or two. But you know, when you when you look at the teams, you know, at the top here and at the West, they they can roll three lines on you no problem and score all three lines. And Dallas, you know, outside of Ben and Sagan and Regloff, it's just. It's bare. The cupboard's bare, and I think if Dallas wants any shot at going, you know, even getting a second round uh, matchup, they really need to go out and acquire somebody for a top six forward spot. Now, is it worth it? You know, is that going to be enough to really put you over the top? No, I don't think that makes them a Stanley Cup contender. So, to me, I just I think if you're Dallas, you you know maybe if you can find the right partner, the right move at the right price, yes, go make it. But you know, to me, I just I think they're in the playoffs in the wild card, and they're out in the first round. See, Dallas to me is a team that I I think I said this before. They should be looking at Duchesne and Stone, 100%. I mean, those two guys would fit well. Uh, I think that Mark Stone would be a a fantastic addition because you you can play him with anybody and and they'll play well. Duchesne Duchesne may be an even better fit because then you can really – you can go Sagan and Ben and then you can go Duchesne and Radulov and that that may be – you know a better one-two punch in that sense, uh, but to me, Dallas needs to make a bold move. Uh, they really haven't. They haven't made a bold move since acquiring Tyler Sagan. That's the last really <laughs> bold move that the Dallas Stars have made. And so I, I think that it's time. I mean, it's time to take a risk. It's time to to put something out there. I mean, I I understand being patient, but there is a time when you go. Well, Ben isn't getting any younger. I mean, Ben's. Well, Ben is almost 30 years old. And so yeah. you can't expect that Jamie Ben's going to be able to play at a really, really high elite level till he's 35, especially the way that he plays. So uh, I, I think that the time is now for the Dallas Stars. And I think that if they did have a little bit more depth, there is a chance that they could compete with Nashville or Winnipeg. I mean, I, to me, Nashville is more vulnerable this year. Uh, they, they've lost some depth at the forward position. Uh, defensively, they've they haven't been able to stay as healthy, and so you, you wonder about that. And then you've got to at the same time wonder about goaltending. Pekka Rinne, he's played really well in the playoffs. 
He's also played really bad in the playoffs. And you don't know what Soros is going to look like if, if he gets the nod in the playoffs, too. So you, to me, Nashville is, uh, as far as the teams where everyone says, oh, this team could definitely win the Cup, they are the one team that is the most vulnerable. And I think they proved it last year. I mean, we, we saw well Winnipeg beat them in the second round, and that's where this division is so tough that you're going to have to go against really good teams early on. Uh, but even even so, you know, are the, would Nashville beat San Jose? Does Nashville beat Winnipeg? You know, does I think that Nashville would even have a difficult time with Dallas because Dallas would be able to, uh, you know, they can throw that top line out. They have that high, high-end star power that Nashville maybe doesn't have. So we'll, we'll see what happens yeah, there. I, I agree. I think, like you mentioned, Duchesne and Stone, I think if anybody is in play here for Dallas, I think, uh, Duchesne would be the best pickup in my opinion just because I think getting to put Ben down on that second line maybe free him up against teams top defensive pairings might be a little bit better for him and, and you might get to you know get him ramped up against scoring wise and which would be great for this team how about Kyle Turris for Matt Duchesne would you do it if I'm Nashville whew. well I think doesn't doesn't Turris have a modified no movement clause or trade clause yeah would he go back I don't think he goes back. I think he, he knows he's in a good situation right now and a chance to win a cup and compete every year, at least for the next few years. And I think if you're looking at Ottawa, you're, I mean, there's no, there's no, well, actually he doesn't have any. No, he doesn't. He doesn't have any clauses in there. So if you're, but, oh boy. I, I, he I makes exactly the same amount as Matt Duchesne. Yeah, I just don't think Ottawa really wants him back. I think there was too many issues and I think he would, He'd go back to his old self and maybe say, "Oh gosh, I'm going to hold out." No, no, that was with Arizona, and that was that was, was a contract thing. That was when he was in Arizona. No, no, no. no. Oh he, yeah, yeah. There was no issues in Ottawa. He wanted to stay in Ottawa. He liked Ottawa a lot. Was it okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so well, I mean, I, I'm not saying that it could. Have, I mean, Nashville may go. Well, we've got six years guaranteed with this guy. They may only make a trade for Duchesne if they have him on an extension. And would Nashville be willing to pay Duchesne nine million? Because uh, that's yeah, what I think no. it's going to cost a team in free agency. Probably pay him nine million. So, I, yeah, I think, and you got to think Ellis has got his new deal kicking in next year too. So, yeah, would you want to pay him as much as PK Subban? I don't know. So, especially <laughs> when you've got you I mean you've got Kevin Viala and uh, like Colton Sissons, Ryan Hartman. You've got a couple guys who are RFAs, and uh, then Yossi in a couple years. Yep, a UFA Yossi, and so his. Freaking steal of a four million dollar deal is gonna <laughs> gonna expire soon. So uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, they may they may be done after acquiring Brian Boyle. So we'll see. Uh, ultimate pick for the Central Division: Who wins it? I I still think Winnipeg holds on. I think they've got a little bit more elite firepower up front. And uh, you know, when you talk about goaltending on the back end, I think Hollabuck's starting to get it together. Um, if he continues to play, you know, at a at a decent level and with the amount of talent they have up front. And I do think Winnipeg is primed to go out and try to acquire some sort of top six forward to, to fill in, uh, you know, maybe a center again, go out and get another Paul Stasny replacement and see what happens there. But to me, I think Winnipeg's a team, like you talk about, I think Nashville, they, they lack that elite guy outside of, I mean, you know, outside of Forsberg and Johansson, there's really no elite guys to score goals for them. So we'll see. Well, Arvidsson. Oh, I'd put Arvid, Arvidsson oh, sure, sure, up sure. there, but... Yeah. Yeah, but but they don't have the superstar for sure. Right. Uh, yeah, Winni- Winnipeg. 
it'll be inter- I'm I'm excited for this this year's trade deadline because there's I think there's a lot of moving parts and there's a lot of really high end players who could get dealt. So it'll be it'll be fun. We've only have two more weeks until trade deadline. Uh, let us know what you thought of our uh, our playoff race analysis as we move towards the trade deadline. You can tweet at us at OT Hockey Talk. Uh, Justin, any final thoughts on this playoff race before we call it an evening? Uh, lose for Hughes. That's all I'm saying. Lose Detroit, for Hughes. There, there are a few teams that I that are doing really well at doing that. I actually, you know, the the one team who who may surprise people to going and losing for him are the New Jersey Devils. Uh, they're they're not too far out of it, and uh, you know the Kings are doing a really good job at at pulling ahead, <laughs> so they don't get them. You know why why would you want a guy like that in Los Angeles? It's such a waste. Uh, so all right, well that is uh, that is our show. We hope that you have a a great week. We'll talk to you later in the week, and our, our next show we will. Uh, we we said we were going to do the biggest bust this time. We didn't have a chance to really uh, to really plan a lot. So we've got that for our next show. Biggest bust. Hit us up on Twitter and let us know who your biggest busts of the season are, and uh, we'll get those on the next show. We'll talk to you guys soon.